Hello, this is Shane Claiborne and Tony Campolo. The name of the show is Across the Pond, and that's because we're over here on the East Coast of the United States, right, right outside of Philadelphia, um, and we're recording, uh, talking about red-letter Christ- red letter Christianity. The, the, the old Bibles have the words of Jesus highlighted in red, and we're asking, what if Jesus meant the stuff he said? What if Christians took those words so seriously that it disoriented our whole lives and uh, caused us to think differently about how we hold our possessions and how we posture ourselves in a world of violence. And um, we're glad that you've joined us. We get to have a lot of guests on, and we got a really special one this week. Uh, Tell us about Steve Goddard. Well, I I, uh, mentioned that uh, Steve Goddard is what I consider the Renaissance man. the first thing I knew about Steve many, many years ago, because I've known him for years, uh, he was a musician. He played a guitar, wrote songs, and really is a very good musician and a recording artist. He's got CDs out there. The next thing I knew about him is he was running a magazine called Buzz, uh, which preceded uh, the magazine Christianity, which is uh, Premier Radio's uh, magazine. But uh, it was the magazine in the United Kingdom that went out to the Christian community, and uh, really quite interesting. Uh, and then from there, he became a kind of a, a journalist and a PR person, ending up, I believe it was for the, uh, the PR person and communications director for the Anglican Church in uh, the Diocese of Manchester. And now, uh, now he's doing something that's uh, very, very interesting. He bought out uh, what was the Christian Resource exhibition in Sandown Park, Surrey. Um, This was a big-time thing, drawing thousands and thousands of people uh, to the uh, Christian Resources exhibition. It now exists in other cities. Uh, Steve, uh, welcome to the show, and tell us about the Christian uh, Resources exhibition. Hi, good good day to you. It's a a pleasure to be back talking to you both. Christian Resources Exhibition, I can only describe it as an ideal church show. So, for example, um, here we have ideal home exhibitions. You go around to find your favorite uh, house, your favorite builder, your favorite this, your favorite that. But we felt, uh, well, the, uh, the founder of the exhibition 35 years ago was sitting in uh, his home and he was trying to plan the future of his church, and he didn't know where to go to find a good builder. Didn't know where to go to find somebody who could replace those those chairs that that, that don't uh, that work anymore. The pews that are too old and hard. And so, because he had a background in exhibitions, he thought, let's uh, let's make one for the church. And this has now been going some 35 years, and. Um, and the man who, who founded the exhibition, Mr. Goss Patrick Hume, is now our honorary president, and he's 85 years old. He's almost as old as you, Tony, and, um, and he's still there as, as keen as ever on, on making this show happen. You didn't buy this show uh, and put it, keep it going when it was on the verge of closing uh, simply to make money. I don't think there's money to be made at this thing. Uh, you had a vision. What's the vision? The vision um, was that uh, it, it is a resourcing point. It's a coming together of people, like-minded people, who have ideas. It's about new ideas. It's about change. 
It's about uh, bringing those to the, the market, if you like. I use these terms carefully because, you know, when I first walked into the Christian Resources Exhibition as a visitor, it kind of freaked me out because suddenly here were all these booths, here were all these stands, these, uh, these people, you know, selling wares, and it almost felt like the money changes in the temple, you know, should this, is this right? Should there be a commercial aspect to, to uh, the church? And then I, it, it dawned on me that this half the problem is we have such a slow way of, of kind of developing what we're doing. We, we're stuck in our ways. We need to get out there and to find these new ideas that people have. And therefore, it's a marketplace for ideas, not just about shifting gear or shifting units. Though, of course, people have to make a living out of it. But it is much more that there's a bigger purpose to it, and that is renewing the church in all sorts of things, whether it be the youth work, whether it be the children's work, whether it be get, being better at preaching, finding resources to change things and, and bring not necessarily the modern version, not everything new is good, but uh, certainly bringing to people who care about the future, the nurture of their church, bringing those new ideas. So tell us a couple of the ideas that you're excited about. Uh, the, uh, the, the church is, you know, one of my friends says the church isn't always known for new ideas. In fact, sometimes they just copy whatever's happening in the world and make sort of a mediocre counterfeit of it uh you know and 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 yet like some of the most creative ideas i've seen have been uh coming out of the church but they're not always uh, uh, uh given the airtime they deserve tell us a few of the creative ideas that you've seen well bear in mind that the church does not have a lot of money and the issue then is you've got to think uh, sensibly about what you've got in front of you you can't start spending a whole load of money on newfangled things just because they look good. Um, what you have to do is think about the market that you have. Now, for example, here, we have um, problems with music in churches. Some churches don't, aren't that big, and they struggle to find an organist who has to be paid, who has to um, uh, come every week and uh, keep things going. And so... Uh, one company has come up with what we call a kind of ecclesiastical karaoke player. Well, that's the only way I can describe it. 5,000 hymns built into a briefcase-sized unit that can be operated with the, the touch of a remote-control button. All these hymns are already played into the system. So the, the minister or the church itself can plug this unit into the, the speakers of the church and if the organist is ill, if there are real problems, or indeed if the church wants to go out into the community and bring church to old people's homes, they can take the digital hymnal with them and, um, and sing along to, to this system. Now, it's not tinny. It doesn't, it's not horribly you know, uh, bad sounding. It's well recorded. And you would not know that it wasn't an organ playing when you hear this, mm. this, this system. So that's just one idea that is, is new and fresh and invigorates um, outreach as well as just a, a Sunday service. But we've also got a card system being developed, um, a, a little kiosk where people can um, bring, if, if they haven't got cash with them, we know what it's like in, in services. People come along in a cashless society, uh, oh, I haven't got any cash on me, so the collection plate passes by. 
Well, there are new uh, ways of people giving uh, in a cashless way with cards. Uh, discrete things, discrete system uh, being, is being launched this year. Uh, a little kiosk at the back of the church. Um, so those are the things which are, are important to churches for survival. It's not just a, a question of being newfangled. It's about survival. Over the years, you have done certain things that uh, are humorous and uh, uh, make uh, Christianity seem like fun. Uh, for instance, I, I remember once you uh, uh, did a fashion show for clerical garb, and you had, you had priest, Anglican priests walk a catwalk uh, like a fashion show, which, you know, that was on, that was on national television, I mean, all over the place. And then uh, one of the things that I think you did that I, I think was really important is you got a hold of a, a, a famous comedian, Bobby Ball, and had him come to one of the exhibitions to tell preachers how to incorporate humor into their sermons. Oh, how that's needed. Uh, Jesus knew how to do that, and uh, I'm sure that uh, the, this comedian did a good job for you. But you've done very, very interesting things. Uh, uh, a 47-foot-high inflatable church, complete with an inflatable pulpit and pews for an outreach in the summer. I mean, what crazy ideas you come up with in order to attract attention in a world that has become bored with Christianity, bored with the church, bored with preachers. Um, could you expand on that a little bit? Well, I can. In fact, it's, uh, they say the church is full of hot air, uh, and we, we proved it uh, with our faithful <laughs> church. Um, uh, and, of course, you would have gone down very well there, Tony, uh, because, you know, but... Because <laughs> he's full of hot air, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Don't put uh, the word out. With, with, with the clerical... Uh, when we did the fashion show for clergy... We, yes, of course, it was real-life clergy. We're not talking about models. We're talking all shapes and sizes, all denominations, both genders, um, and most of them did not look like models. And that's what we wanted to do, was to subvert the medium. Um, we wanted to bring real people walking the catwalk, but looking, what were they were looking at, what the audience was looking at, was the clothes, not the people. And the symbolic nature of some of the clothes was fascinating. The, the, the symbolic things that people put onto vestments that, that kind of summed up their, um, their background. For example, one uh, lady priest wanted a test tube on her preaching stall because <laughs> of her scientific background. And so that caused a lot of discussion on, uh, you know, can a minister be a scientist and a, a minister of religion? And that got onto the media. Those discussions came out of the clothes. So while we, yes, it was kind of fun, and yes, it grabbed the media attention, we subverted the whole conversation to talk about genuine, uh, deep spiritual things. Hmm. One of the funnier things that you've done, uh, you do so much serious stuff. I don't want you, uh, want you to come across to our listeners as some kind of, uh, you know, superficial individual because I know that you think deeply on theological issues. We've sat, Steve and I have sat for hours talking about the Bible, talking about theology, talking about the relevance of the church in the contemporary society. Uh, a, a journalist uh, who has done all kinds of things. Uh, but uh, one of the more humorous things you did, I, the last time I was at the uh, uh, Christian Exhibition Program, uh, uh, 
you did a Belton John, Belton John, a takeoff on Elton John. Uh, could you, you were wearing uh, spectacles with glittering outfits and just like Elton John does. And could you talk a little bit about the fun we had with that? Oh, well, um, uh, yeah, it was great fun. I mean, music has always been my passion into artistically. And I've played since an early age, as you were saying earlier, and I've, I've been a recording artist uh, many years ago. And uh, what, I, uh, what I like to do is dress up as Elton John, which, of course, is, being, is very fashionable at the moment because of the new film Rocket Man. Um, which, have you got that over in the States? Yes, we have. I haven't seen um, it yet. It's on my list of things to do. You must see it. I, I find it fascinating because it's so searingly um, honest um, about uh, Elton, about his life and lifestyle. And, um, um, but his music has always, always got to me, ever since I first heard his first album. And so over the years, I've developed, uh, tried to learn from him and on this particular occasion, I decided that I would dress up totally as him. This was at the Christian Resources Exhibition 30th anniversary. And there, Shane, in front of me were Tony Campolo and Peggy Campolo, the founder of CRE, and, all, and about 100 other people. <laughs> and I came out with the gear on, shaved the beard off that I had, and played the first song, which was your song. Mm-hmm. And it was only when I started to speak that they realized that it was me. Um, <laughs> and I, I just loved that moment of, of uh, jaws dropping on the floor. And so I sang that one. I then did um, Crocodile Rock and finished off with Candle in the Wind. It was great fun. And we're, right. talking, we're talking to uh, uh, Steve Goddard, uh, who has just taken over uh, the uh, Christian uh, ex. Christian Resources Exhibition Program. It's uh, it's going to be in several places. I see you'll be up in Manchester, uh, England, on March 13th and 14th. I'm sure they can find out about that. Uh, well, I guess it has already happened if it's, it's uh, in Manchester. Is it going to be again in, in Manchester? Manchester? In fact, just outside Birmingham next March. So okay. we're at Sandown Park in October, just outside in, in Greater London, really. And then in uh, March, early next year, we're uh, at Stonery Park, near, quite near Coventry, near Birmingham. Well, you invited uh, Shane and I to come over and be there this year, but we couldn't do it. I do hope you invite us again because uh, we want to be part of what is, I think, one of the more exciting gatherings in the United Kingdom. You know, I've been well, to almost everything that they do over there, uh, Green Belt, uh, Spring Harvest, you, you name it, hmm. uh, New Wine. Uh, I've been at them all, and uh, I always find the uh, Christian exhibition thing the most interesting. You have speakers. You've had some of the really uh, most fascinating speakers. Um, you had the uh, columnist from Northern Life, uh, Terry White, and uh, who brought along uh, Andrew Coleman, the son of the late Canon John Coleman, uh, you know, who, uh, because Terry negotiated Coleman's freedom uh, in Iran prior to his own capture in Lebanon. So uh, you've had fascinating people and uh, great seminars in addition to all the great entertainment. Yeah, I think what it is that makes it so exciting is that we're not so much like a Bible week where people come and get blessed up. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're not a conference. What we are is an exhibition. 
we are you you take a bath when you go to CRE. You jump in a bath of ideas. <laughs> you jump in a bath of resources and potential. You know. So while we don't mind, if people want to go and hear people like Campolo and Shane Claiborne speak at some part of it, that's great. But actually, what we want them to do is to walk around an exhibition and get their minds blown by new ideas, new ways of doing things, and going home and saying, look, we can change things, we can develop, we can move on, we can grow. In case you think I'm exaggerating when I say this is a Renaissance man, uh, I mentioned that he's now doing this thing with the Christians Resources Exhibitions, but... uh, uh, and all the fun things that I've mentioned. Uh, he started off as a uh, very, very competent and very talented musician. And uh, he's been a journalist. He's run a magazine, Buzz, which was the magazine for Christians in the United Kingdom for a long time. And uh, he's actually written two novels, uh, the latest novel coming out in 2010. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about your novels? Yeah, well, the first one came out, uh, yeah, a few years ago, um, which is, um, <laughs> uh, which he, uh, did very, very well. Uh, but he, and I charted two football fans, two soccer fans, as you would understand it, um, uh, in two different time periods, in 1914 in the north of England and one in 2010 in, um, in, in the south, south of England. My most recent novel, which came out two years ago, is called Whatever Happened to Billy Shears? And what I, if that name, Billy Shears, means anything to you, you will know the Beatles album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And it came out in 1967, and arguably the most, um, uh, I suppose, uh, influential album of the 20th century. And, and yet we had characters on that that were almost like stillborn, um, Lucy in the sky with diamonds. We had the benefit of Mr. Kite, and we had Billy Shears mentioned. And I thought to myself, you know, that was the most fantastic year um, to be alive, the flower power era. And then I thought, perhaps there's a story of all these characters on the LP knew each other. What if I recreated this whole 1967 um, period and, and let the songs tell you what happened next? to every one of those characters. So what I did was I just ab- absorbed the characters, the stories from the album, the little fragments, the cameos of characters, and formed an idea of a, 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 a Church of England priest looking back to 50 years ago when, and this guy is Billy Shears, Canon William Shearwater, his proper name, and he's looking back on his relationship and he's meeting Lucy, who was into the kind of flower power drugs era of the 60s, and how as a teenager, this was his, the great love of his life, which he lost, and he's still not got over it. But he also needs to bury the memory, because if people found out what happened, now he's a rising star in the Church of England. He is in big trouble. And mm. so I formed the whole story around that, and uh, those who know Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, they will see illusions galore right the way through it. Wow. So we're talking to Steve Goddard over in the U.K. Um, you know, before I knew about all this stuff, you really are the Renaissance man. Before I knew about all the stuff you were doing, I knew about the Ship of Fools. And, boy, it, 
if 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 ever there was a place for that, it seems like now's the time. Tell us a little bit about that for folks that don't know it. And um, is it still going? The the role yeah, of yeah. art and satire. Going. Tell us a little bit more about Ship of Fools. Ship of Fools is a coming together of Simon Jenkins and myself. Uh, we both uh, studied theology together, and we we found Christian publishing the kind so very dull and so very predictable. And so we created together a, a magazine, a print magazine. It's really Simon's baby, and I, I became his assistant. And uh, Ship of Fools floated for about seven or eight print issues in the late 70s and then died for lack of finance. But what we wanted to do was to look at the fun side of life, uh, uh, the fun aspects of almost the culture of the church, and ask questions about it through humor. Uh, we love the church, but we also love the, all the kind of frailties and foible nature of it. So when the, the Internet came along in the uh, mid-90s, we thought, let's resurrect, let's, from the deep, pull up the ship of fools and float it out as, a, as an Internet magazine. It took off like we could not have believed internationally. And one of our great um, <laughs> things we did, and enjoyable things, was to create the mystery worshipper. Now, the mystery worshipper goes around like a mystery shopper um, reviewing church services. <laughs> and we have thousands of reviews from around the world where we ask our, our readers, so there's nobody paid anything for it, they go to a church, a tradition that they don't normally go to, they go to experience a church for the first time, and then they answer a list of 20 questions, which include how hard was the pew? How long was the sermon? And was the coffee fairly traded after the, the church service? <laughs> and how warm is the welcome? Uh, it has been a fantastic project. That's great. And people can still find it, right? Oh, yeah. Yep, there's pro there are all sorts of reviews going up all the time. And Ship what's so wonderful about the Internet, it's user-generated. It's grassroots. There's no great person above dictating here that is the wonderful nature of the internet where you've got that grassroots user generated content I, I was at i saw a church sign the other day that said our pastor isn't very interesting but he's always brief <laughs> <laughs> and thought it looked just like yeah. uh, something oh, on the i heard before. an introduction to a sermon recently where the guy said uh pre preacher said as uh King Henry VIII said to each of his wives, I won't keep you long. <laughs> now, uh, you, you just have a couple of minutes. Uh, the future of the church, as you see it, optimistic, pessimistic, what do you see happening to the church in the United Kingdom? Oh, what a huge question. I struggle with church. I'll be honest with you. Um, I think I was uh, so indoctrinated uh, as a kid going to church as a choir boy, and, and, and it was almost like too much. I took too much in as a kid. And I still struggle with it. And I think that's the reason why I've been put in the position that I'm in. It's almost like, um, you know, I'm always wanting something better. I'm always wanting to see a better way of doing it than I actually find, you know? And I think that that is, in my personal uh, if you like, a reason, the raison d'etre, is to keep on looking for, for new things. Uh, in terms of the overall picture, do I see a future? Yes, of course I see a future. And I see, um, but I don't necessarily see it in the headlines that we, we get. 
see it in the big, big stories. I don't see it in the big um, events that that uh, that everybody likes to sort of feel comfortable uh, being part of. It's it's very often in the, the quieter um, uh, places where where people are talking one to one, where there's a small group of people doing things that might never ever get the publicity. And I think we've always got to kind of bear that in mind that while we'd love to see a change and reported change, you know, things in the media, things that make us feel good, that actually, at the end of the day, uh, Jesus dealt with people so much more on an individual basis than a group basis. I don't think he trusted group dynamics whatsoever. <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up because we could go on endlessly. Great conversation. Yeah, Steve great Goddard, conversation. Yeah. Steve Goddard. Uh, check out... Uh, the Christian uh, uh, Christian Resources Exhibition and attend when you can, and I hope you can. Uh, I, want, I want one of those inflatable church yeah, things, that's man. Right. That's great. Yeah, there we go. And this is Tony Campolo and Shane Claiborne, and uh, thanking you for listening in and letting you know that Across the Pond is here every week at this time. Go to our website, redletterchristians.org, and uh, check us out and uh, become a red-letter Christian. Uh, Become one of those who takes the name of Jesus seriously and takes the teachings of Jesus seriously. Blessings on you, and thank you, Steve Goddard, for doing a good show today. Blessings.